0: You're listening to Bloomberg Law. I'm Greg Storr in Washington with June Grasso in New York. In 2002, the Supreme Court said the death penalty is unconstitutional for people who are intellectually disabled or, using the parlance of the day, mentally retarded. But to a large degree, the high court left it up to the states and their courts to decide who qualifies as intellectually disabled. Today, the Supreme Court heard arguments that Texas, one of the nation's biggest death penalty states, has too narrow of a definition of intellectual disability. Among other problems, lawyers for death row inmate Bobby Moore argued the state is using an outdated medical definition of intellectual disability. And a pivotal justice, Anthony Kennedy, suggested he saw problems with the Texas system. With us to talk about the case and its implications is Robert Owen, a professor at Northwestern's Pritzker School of Law. Rob, thanks for joining us. Uh, If you can do this in a nutshell, give us the overview of how the courts in Texas define what is an intellectual disability.
1: Sure, thanks Greg, it's good to be here. The the Texas courts have, uh, since 2006, have applied their own judge-made criteria for judging whether a defendant meets the standard to be exempt from execution under Atkins. The, uh, the Atkins decision itself identified sort of three traditional criteria for a diagnosis of what was then called mental retardation. The first is significantly sub-average intellectual functioning, which is usually represented by an IQ score. The second is what's called deficits in adaptive functioning, which essentially is the the ways in which the low intellectual functioning translates into behavior. So it has to do with how the defendant adapts to functioning in the real world. And the third criterion is the simplest one, which is that ordinarily this diagnosis has to be uh, manifest itself prior to age 18, so, or the condition has to manifest itself prior to age 18. So those are the three diagnostic criteria that are in play in applying Atkins. And what the Court of Criminal Appeals in Texas – and I should note for your listeners that the Court of Criminal Appeals is effectively the Texas Criminal Supreme Court because the Texas Supreme Court doesn't hear criminal cases. And
0: and and Rob, I just want to interject and mention that when you said Atkins, you're referring to that 2002 case that said uh, intellectually disabled people can't be executed.
1: That's exactly right, Greg. Atkins is the the, the, lead, the leading Supreme Court case on this issue. Uh, although there's another Supreme Court case I'll mention in a moment that I think has a lot of influence on why they agreed to hear the Moore case and how it's likely to come out. So the Court of Criminal Appeals, in deciding how to apply these three criteria, departed from the scientific uh, community in how it applied the second criteria, this question of adaptive functioning. In other words, rather than looking to... The kinds of behaviors that mental health experts say are relevant, the Court of Criminal Appeals came up with what are uh, essentially a kind of set of layperson's questions that you might ask about a defendant to judge whether he is a person with an intellectual disability. Questions like, is he a leader or a follower? Can he make plans? Uh, can he lie effectively in his own interest? So these were the, 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 Criteria that the court came up with, which it essentially then substituted in its analysis for the consensus of the scientific community about what kinds of behaviors are relevant. Rob, that's been the that's been the subject of the of the controversy that gave rise to the Moore decision.
0: Rob, explain why it's difficult for the Supreme Court to set out specific standards for mental disability.
1: uh, I really think it's not that difficult, Jim. Let, let me mention the other Supreme Court case that I think comes into play here. in In Atkins in 2002, when the Supreme Court first announced this prohibition on executing defendants with intellectual disability, they said that it would be primarily left up to the states to define what constituted intellectual disability, or as we called it at the time, mental retardation. In 2014, however, the court took another case, this one from Florida, a case called Hall, where they asked the question, had Florida gone too far? In narrowing its definition of the first prong of the Atkins definition, in other words, what constitutes significantly sub average intellectual functioning, what Florida had done was set a firm cap on the i q score. They said unless you score less than seventy on an i q test as a matter of law, you can never be uh, quali- you can 't qualify under Atkins for exemption from the death penalty and what the Supreme Court said through Justice Kennedy very emphatically in the Hall case is that 's you know that's wrong. You can't. You can't. Uh, this, although the states have some latitude under Atkins, they can't define uh, intellectual disability in a way that is inconsistent with a broad scientific consensus among the relevant professional medical community. And I think that that's why the C, the Court of Criminal Appeals. Uh, Sort of fa- factors that they are using in this kind of analysis uh, is something the Supreme Court won't have any trouble turning aside because the court itself doesn't have to come up with the standards. The court just has to say the standards are what the professional community say they are. And R- it, R- it, R- Robert,
0: are we? If that's if that's the case, my take on the argument was that your analysis is probably going to be right. It seemed like Justice Kennedy today uh, was favoring the the inmates and, and would say that that you have to use the current medical standards. Are we moving towards a world where there's a single, uniform national standard instead of the state-by-state approach that Atkins suggested?
1: I think that what we may see is that it will turn out that when the court made that statement in Atkins, it... Uh, intended for it to have much less weight than the states took it to have. In other words, the court probably intended all along that the scientific consensus rather than uh, the views of judges around the country should control in this regard. And I think that the fact that Justice Kennedy is taking the lead in this area is noteworthy because, as you both know, I'm sure, he's very knowledgeable about mental health issues. He often uh, asks really penetrating questions in oral argument that has to do with a range of different you know, mental health applications in the criminal law, but also in other kinds of social settings. So I think he is, uh, he is disturbed or concerned that the, that the states seem to have moved away from what appears to be a national consensus among experts. And I think that consensus is reflected in the fact that there are multiple uh, amicus briefs or friend of the court briefs that were filed in the Moore lawsuit on behalf of Mr. Moore. The American Psychological Association filed on his behalf. The American Psychiatric Association filed on his behalf. The American Association on intellectual uh, disabilities and developmental disabilities filed on his behalf. So there's, there's a solid wall of professional authority speaking to the court with a single, uh, mixing my metaphors, a wall, speaking with a single voice, but this chorus of, uh, uh, of experts speaking to the court with really a single voice in saying that Texas's approach seems to be fundamentally at odds with the scientific consensus around the country.
0: And is Texas's approach similar to other states' approaches? In other words, if the court it, yeah. rules for in this case in the way we think they're going to rule, then will other states be affected?
1: Um, it- I am unaware of any other state, June, that has tried to depart from this consensus in the way that Texas has. For example, no other state has adopted these factors that were created by the Court of Criminal Appeals for use in uh, other states' analysis of Atkins' claims. I think in this regard, the Texas practice is a clear outlier, and uh, it may be that all the court is doing here is sort of correcting what it sees as an extreme deviation from the appropriate approach, and it's unlikely that that would have a wide, far-reaching effect in other death penalty states.